0: Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. I am authorized to assure you that so far there is no reasonable cause for alarm. The rumors of invading armies and mass destruction are based on hysteria and are absolutely false. I repeat, these
1: rumors are absolutely false. Welcome to ThoughtSpeak, a podcast dedicated to the discussion of Kay Applegate's 1996 book series Animorphs. I am Coleman.
0: And I am Mitchell. And this episode of ThoughtSpeak is brought to you by our lovely Patreon subscribers, uh, paying for the show so you don't have to. And we <laughs> always love to take a moment to thank each and every one of our uh, uh, patrons five dollar and up <laughs> reward <laughs> tier people um so in no particular order uh, a very special thank you to jennifer baker james miola uh graith dominic ahine kendra these are the names that we've got on our patreon so i'm very sorry if they are not uh, exactly who you are, or for any mispronunciations. Do you have the next block, or do I need to keep going? Keep going. <laughs> Great. Uh, <laughs> a very special thank you to Dan Zander, uh, Daniel Martinoli, Nita Labrada Gaffaro, and Michael Blemick. And no, uh,
1: he he actually sent us a correction. I can't believe you missed that one. It's Blumicki. Bl- er, yeah. <laughs> Blumeki. Are we Blumecky. sure now? Yes, Blumeki.
0: Okay, at some point, we're going to get super good at just nailing these names out. Uh, also, Sorent Joyce, thank you very much uh, to all of our Patreon people. If you wish to have your name butchered by us here on the show, uh, you can do so by logging on to our Patreon at patreon.com thoughtspeak and uh, helping us out. Really, really keeping the show going. Thank you very much, everybody.
1: Yeah, everything on there goes towards helping us out, uh, deferring the costs of the show, because it does cost money to have your show on the internet. Surprise, surprise. Um, and those, those are also going to special projects, like building a new website for the podcast, a community where people can hang out and uh, talk about Animorphs, a more centralized location for that sort of thing. Um, we also have some special projects that if we get high enough, uh, we're going to see some you know, high-end Animorphs fan content from us. Uh, so Ooh. you know, check out on there, see if any of the rewards... R2 you know Lion you want King. that. We have, we have different tiers based on the York Empire. You can be a Taxan uh, controller, a human controller, possibly even an Andalite controller, although they're pretty legendary. Um, hey, and what's yeah, really cool really is that it. if
0: you get a high enough uh, tier subscriber, you get invited to a very special uh, post-episode discussion that we do either before or after we record uh, in the previous... Uh, discussions case, we actually just had our discussion on the separation right before it recording this
1: episode. Yeah, it literally just ended, and it was a great discussion. Uh, just it's hilarious where those conversations go. I would say this one went a little saucy towards the end, uh, but
0: you know. <laughs> it sure did. And that's a book I want.
1: <laughs> yep, uh, but yeah, we really enjoy those chats, and uh, those might change in the future, but they're they're incredibly enjoyable. So uh yeah see if you can get yourself
0: invited to one
1: it's easy <laughs> uh, uh we, we take tonight, pretty much
0: anyone
1: we're not here to talk about the past we're here to talk about the future and by future i mean a book released uh nearly 15 years ago <laughs> um <laughs> of course we're talking about we are talking about animorphs number 33 the illusion
0: right if you read the title of uh this episode that you clicked on You'd know that we're talking the illusion. Uh, let's go covers. What do you think?
1: Uh, this is one of the better ones. I like. Uh, maybe it's just because I like the colors. Maybe it's that's what I'm reacting to. But um, I I do like the blue and the the cool shiny teal. I think it all works pretty well.
0: They use uh, blue to- and green for Axe uh, and his covers a lot. I'm noticing. Um, and, and you know what might make this one a little bit more visually appealing is that there's like a lot going on. Um, the, the transformation from Hawk to Andalite is is especially uh, one of the more cool ones. Really, anything going to it's, Andalite is cool. Um, and then it's you got, complicated. <laughs> and then you got Ghost Tobias hanging out in the the background, uh, all giant like.
1: <laughs> I think just, the background is Z Space, and this is the first time we've seen his real body just hanging out in there.
0: I would like to take a ruler to Tobias's hair part there because I'm pretty sure it, it would exceed a foot.
1: <laughs> i like I actually like this uh, the model for Tobias more than um the previous one. I think that's pretty good. Uh, yeah, tobias, like tobias is
0: is one character that they never really nailed down the correct design on. I think the Applegates envisioned a more. Uh, Blondish, um, you, you get a really good image of Tobias actually under the cover for the last Megamorphs book. Um, I, I think the entire cast looks um, as perfect and as how I imagine them, I guess, and, and how they're described as well. Um, I really like that image.
1: Yeah, uh, also Tobias we can is... see that the the Andalite <laughs> on the cover, his stock eyes, have changed to how we know them. Um, they're a little more flexible looking. They don't look like rigid, weird. Stocks. Well, they're not. They're
0: not segmented either. Yeah, and so. uh, uh, I'm not sure if this is. I think this is still the same stock photo image of X. Um, yeah. Which which kind of irks me. I, I really wish they'd give us some really cool original andalite artwork. But you know, you move to the inside cover. And um it's nothing that exciting. It's, you know, the same pose we've seen of X and then another one of him just kind of standing over there watching himself who is Tobias, his nephew. He,
1: I don't I don't know why they uh I don't know if these these designers have ever seen an animal too, like I don't know why they just got so confused uh when it comes to like the nose, the eyes and the tail. The nose just looks like a piece of plastic toy that was cut in half and shoved on the face. The eyes are just awkward. Like, I mean, I know it's an a-, a very alien idea, but you couldn't look at it like an insect with stock eyes or something just to get something a little more normal. Well, um, and they and just then,
0: don't look very realistic, even for an alien.
1: Yeah, they look pretty weird. And then the tail is like this weird bubble at the end, and then it's got like a little uh, decoration coming out of the back.
0: The tail uh, actual, uh, the like, the reminds me, know, honestly, the of a, a rattlesnake tail like a rattler that's what it looks yeah, like with a, with a big with a big talon coming off of it which is kind of weird um always weird to I notice still don't uh, like... the amount of fingers on axe's hands
1: <laughs> yeah and i still don't like I, i've never liked how in any of the depictions of uh andalites um the tail blade is so curved i mean you think if this was a weapon like a natural weapon um there wouldn't be you know it gets stuck on everything. If they tried to use it like that. Well,
0: it just doesn't look like a blade. It looks like a claw, a talon, and and I think that's a major uh, design flaw for the the stock image of Andalite that we're given. Um, I think think they could have hired a slightly more talented artist to come up with something a little cooler. Um, it's also weird noticing that Axe has like almost kind of whitish. Um, lighter hair on his chest which is like I guess the andalite version of chest hair
1: <laughs> maybe I think it's I think it's just his I think it's like fragments of fur like his body underneath is human colored and so we're seeing his body through the fur I think that's what they're going for oh that could be it like I his don't face know.
0: it's not that bad of an, an inside cover image as far as these things go it technically is a scene from the book so well done Although it's not a very hard scene to replicate.
1: (laughs) He has a lot of copy and pasting and uh, turning his head a different way.
0: uh, Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think it's your turn to read the back of this book, which is good because my copy is uh, used and uh, highly used, I might say, to the point that there's some markers on the uh, front cover and even the back. uh, A summary is a little bit obscured by some... Oh, God, I don't even want to think about what that might be.
1: Kind of, kind of anamorphs collector are you? Like when I, yes, I was going through half price books, books to find mine as well. But I made sure that I didn't buy a copy unless it was near mint. I've got a pretty good collection.
0: This could have been one that I
1: received uh, on Amazon. Like Amazon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, well, I, do, I will read the. Take it book, away. Even though it sounds like it'd be more fun for you two, um, with the obscured version. <laughs> But anyway, Tobias, the other Animorphs, and Axe, still not Animorph, already have a few problems, saving the world, keeping their identity secret, finishing their homework. Uh, It just ends right there. It's just the end of a sentence. It's weird. Now they have one more thing to add to the list. The Yerks have discovered a way to cause a person to demorph. And with this new device, Vizzer 3 plans on capturing the Andalite bandits. Now what? The Animorphs and Axe realize they have to get rid of the device or be captured by the Yerks, and the risk of getting caught is very high. That's when Tobias comes up with the only possible plan. Someone has to acquire Axe. Okay, Tobias didn't come up with that this, plan.
0: This uh, whole did. summary is, uh, I want to say, deceiving.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, because the, the, the device isn't new. The plan isn't new. Um yeah, I think I think that whole thing is pretty messed up.
0: It it really only explains the general setup, the premise of the book. And again, I I really do think that maybe some of these summaries were written uh uh before the book was even finished.
1: Yeah, like and maybe based off their outline or something.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um uh, it, it, the last one, uh I think the separation we said felt like that as well that maybe the the summary was written uh, Here's a real about quick a question. version.
1: Quick question, so uh the separation when they were talking about the anti morphing ray uh d i maybe I misread, but I thought that the anti morphing ray not only caused you to demorph but made it so you couldn't morph anymore
0: uh, no, I don't think that was ever mentioned. The only thing that That's was they they were extremely vague about it. Um, And just saying that it was a a ray that they were working on, nothing concrete yet, just they were like running computer tests to see if they could figure out a way to cause somebody to demorph, and and that was it. And frankly, we're not really given much
1: more information than that. Mm -hmm. But anyway, let's jump right into it. I'm jumping in, bro. I like, so, starts, I like how this one starts. I like this one starts with um, something we've seen before—the uh, animorphs at a dance, a school dance. Oh yeah, uh, but I think I think done in kind of a different light. Um, it's from Tobias' perspective, which is cool because you know last time he was in school outside of that other dance, um, you know he didn't fit in. He was the he was the nerd. He got picked on, and now he's expected to go to this extremely social event just because Rachel's bored with their relationship.
0: Well, and I think the the even more interesting comparison is, uh, you know, he he's struggling with his inner hawk, um, and who, of course, hates being confined inside, uh, surrounded by people unable to fly. You know, it's dark, poor human senses, all that stuff. Uh, that, that's super interesting to me. Really, any uh, outside of missions social interaction the the kids get to have and be kids. Um, it's just great. This is probably my favorite part of the book. Even is uh, Marco's little interaction, uh, you know, as he's on the dance floor with uh, uh, Rachel and Tobias. Yeah, just living it up.
1: Um, Yeah, I will say it's disconcerting. I know we've, I know a big topic with Tobias throughout the books has been him losing himself to the hawk. What I thought was different about this beginning is him accepting it on the human side like he's he wants to get out of there he th- he feels like it's a betrayal for rachel to you know suggest he stay in morph even suggested or or be a part this, let alone be a part of a plan to trap him in in morph. just how badly he wants to get back and is worried about um worried about morphing back outside the time limit it's just crazy to look at that from the perspective that he's trying to get back to hawk that that really adds a layer to that time limit and makes it a part of his uh, arc and his character that he's he's dying to get back and not be trapped in human morph.
0: Yeah, I mean, well, you know, and that I I this whole book really makes me like Tobias more as I assume it does for most fans. And uh, where it does a good job is, like you said, uh, having him stuck in these moments where yeah he wants to get back to being a hawk. Um, because he doesn't want to be useless. That's his whole character arc, is that from the first book uh, on, he was useless, he felt, to the team stuck in Hawk Morph, you know, because he couldn't morph. He, he couldn't go on aquatic missions. He just he couldn't do stuff that the other teammates could do. And uh, when he got the morphing power back, it was so important to him that he, was, he finally felt like he was back on the team and back in the fight, and he was useful, and, and everybody appreciated that. Um, so if he were to ever lose that again, yeah, there's no doubt in his mind that he would go back to being useless to Jake again. And he
1: definitely does not but, want to be useless to Jake and the fight. But I disagree. I mean, yeah, he does have that moment with Jake where he kind of shoots him a glance. And um, after this, you, you hear Jake talking about him saying he's indispensable. Uh, but I thought it was very different in the sense that he didn't even bring up the fact that he didn't want to be worthless to the end was He was talking Like, he was so comfortable being a hawk, the idea of even being a human again just seemed, it just seemed like he didn't want that. He didn't want to be a human who could morph again. He didn't, he he was, he's lived his life as a hawk, he's used to it now, you know, that's what he wants. Yeah, and you know,
0: I felt like this book did a really good job in driving home the point that um, Tobias has nothing to go back to uh, for being a human, um, we got to see flashbacks of his life. There's nothing good there uh, we'll, for him. And, we'll get and to that. He, he. Uh, at first, you know, he thought the, the being stuck as a hawk thing was a curse, but um, I, I believe over the course of the series, we've seen him change his mind on that and feel like it's more of a blessing, and that what really happened was he's gained his freedom, and with his morphing ability back, he now has not only his freedom, but he's involved in the fight. He's doing something important with his life still. Um, so that's why, you know, he loses his morphing ability. And again, I think he just feels like he's going to be a useless hawk or he's going to be a useless human. Um, overall, he's just not going to be all that he could be in Jake's army.
1: (laughs) So we see him. Yeah. So we see him at the dance. We see Marco fooling around. Uh, we get this scene of him so terrified of, uh, being stuck in human morph. He's running away, not knowing if Rachel is trying to trick him. Um, I don't think she was. Yeah, and you know how
0: how not cool of Rachel. No, I I think it's flat out implied by her when she says, "Can't you just stay?" Like she meant stay as a human.
1: I think she I think she meant stay for like just one more minute out of you have 8 minutes, just stay for 1 minute. This isn't a scary scenario. I think she I think she is less caring about him being trapped in human morph than he is and I, I don't think it's the same as actively trying to get him stuck no that would be a big it betrayal came off if she very did that.
0: different to me uh to me it seemed like she was uh almost maliciously trying to trap him as a human no
1: cuz that would that would be a total betrayal to him i don't think she would do that um but anyway, but, but, but you, no,
0: no, no. I, I will say though, okay, because it turns into this whole thing where he's like, "Oh, I'm out of time. I'm running out of time." So he has to run out of the school, and there's some things that get him caught up, like some barriers, and there's Chapman for a sec, um, and like teachers are chasing him. But Rachel does redeem herself a little bit by helping him to escape, and then he, of course, demorphs. Uh, and makes it back to hawk mode, um, and you know yeah. it's kind of cool that there's like one teacher that remembered him and was like still cool to him.
1: Um, yeah, because he was probably a good student, and you know.
0: Yeah, it was a neat little little touch got along there. with all of the
1: teachers, and I, I like how, when he gets outside. There's like a, I don't know, very laid back Jake. Um, no, I would not say steps.
0: I would not say laid back. Um, this is again, uh, this is I think some of the best interactions, some of the best, uh, that Animorphs has to offer in terms of these characters, uh, really, really evolving because Jake is now very much like the tired, worn out old man, and it's really hitting him hard. Um, he's, he's just sitting outside, uh, having a moment to himself finally. And, you know, Tobias catches him there. And, um, I, I, I dig that, uh, some girls walk by and they're like, "Oh, hey, Jake!" And he's like, uh, "He can't even recall who they are. He doesn't know them." And that
1: was a great touch. That was that was one of those moments that really make the series and show what this war is doing to these kids. And it wasn't even written by Applegate, <laughs> you know? Sure, and forgetting yeah. His classmates' name and talking about taking twenty-minute naps throughout the day. Oh
0: yeah, um, I, I loved this uh, little. Um, development on Jake's part, where you know, Tobias kind of figures out that he's been studying old uh, war generals and oh yeah, and he he's actively like doing what he should have been doing this whole time and you know, trying to learn and study and and just become the best leader that he can be. And boy, does he need it now of all times?
1: And I think that's because they're they're in the reality of it. Mean, they you see the beginning, they're totally just kids. Dealing with situations, failing and losing over and over again. Then they start to get a little better. Then they start to get a little more organized and they're doing well. They're doing better. They're winning more missions. They're actually complete campaigns. Then they hit some shit and some really bad things happen. And I think now they're in a phase where they're experienced enough to know they're at war. They're experienced enough to know what war really is. And almost out of desperation now, Jake is coming to grips with yeah, I'm the leader why would I not go back through history and look at what other leaders have done and try to learn from that? But it's it's an act of desperation, not necessarily like him getting smart all of a sudden.
0: Yeah, um, I know. I mean, it's hardly training by any means. Yeah,
1: he wants to win the war because it means they all get to live. Um, well,
0: it's pretty important.
1: <laughs> yeah. So just great moments with this dance. I agree. There's There's good stuff all around here.
0: Um, but however, this is this is where Jake is uh, to me very stressed out because he uh, uh, is very unclear in his mind. When Tobias asks him like when they want to meet next, he tells him one thing and then he you know kind of no wait a minute no we can't do that we got to do this and um, he he lets drop that um, there's something going on with the anti morph
1: rig again and yeah Eric uh, Eric stopped by to smoke a cigarette and tell out. him
0: yeah yeah, no, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Eric uh, was caught smoking a cigarette um, by Chapman earlier in the book as Tobias was fleeing. Um, mentioned that something's going on there.
1: And I think that was a smart a smart way to have um, have Eric be there and it be like almost a distraction. I love the the little interaction there with Chapman and Eric and and Tobias looks at it as uh, just two people faking a real life interaction. Going through the paces because they're both hiding, uh, you know, very deep secrets. That's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, a that's great observation.
0: That's awesome. Like, uh, like when they make uh, two chat bots talk to each other, <laughs> and they just mm-hmm. get like <laughs> into these weird conversations of nonsense.
1: Oh yeah, uh, but little but moving little on, on from the incredibly that. good dance scene. Um,
0: <laughs> oh yeah, because because um, they meet up again uh, later at Cassie's barn, or the next time that they do that. Um, everyone's just like hanging out, chilling, like like normal, like almost kind of lighthearted, and then Jake busts in with Eric at his heels, which is like a new de- new thing to ever happen. Kinda yeah, weird.
1: them being on off on their own discussing things and almost coming in there with a plan. I mean, that's that's some that's some scary developments. I mean, we we joked about that being new, but that's that's like Jake and Eric are like the generals. Or, like, a spy in his general. And then the Animorphs, the foot soldiers. Because we even see in this scene, Jake re- holding information, retaining it until the moment he needs to. Manipulating them to have... Yeah, to buy, yeah. To have acts. Ax- I, I mean, this is cool. Jake we have, we have not seen before. Easily. No,
0: he is definitely uh, planning, like, several steps ahead now. And, yeah. No, you I know imagine, what this is? This imagine...
1: Is, what? This is the Jake the books have been saying we've had but actually his actions revolve resolving that like they keep saying that he's um he's he seems older and wiser they keep saying that he's become more like he's this kid but he seems more of a military leader but we've seen the same jake over and over again making decisions and taking charge of that but i don't think we've seen him like this which is how the book has been describing him but this book actually shows him um that's that's the difference i think it's this is going to be a little spoiler for how I feel about this book, but I feel like it took an outside perspective to finally start to reveal these characters and how they'll be in the end of the series. Um, I, it's it's really a big step forward. I think this book.
0: Yeah, no, it's. Uh, I think it's excellent. Uh, it does wonderful things for both Jake and Tobias's developments and Rachel.
1: Um, Rachel's a huge development in this book. Huge. Oh, sure sure um uh yeah that comes later um kind of it's already been started i think but i'll get into that later
0: (laughs) well the whole the whole point of this meeting is that the the anti-morph ray is ready to go apparently and they're looking for andelite bandits to test it on and um so the discussion turns to quickly like well we got to destroy the ray um, but Jake quickly posits that, or maybe we should let them capture one of us. Um, and he's he's very quick to, to be like, uh, take me, me, for instance, uh, I could get captured and then they could do all this. And then which, of course, you know, sets Marco off Trump's. on this like, boom, you're not going to sacrifice yourself for the team and blah, blah, blah. And he lays out yeah. how crazy
1: it is. Marco's actually behind on this plan. Like he's not. He's not catching what the real plan is immediately, and then of course, I and I'm sure they expected this. Rachel then volunteers next, saying that Jake is too important. Uh, Rachel's the gung ho one. Um, then you have Tobias debating it in his head, and then Axe is the first to well, see. Well, yeah,
0: Axe. Axe is the the logical volunteer, and and yeah. he he does so. And most of the team, I think, is in agreement that Axe should just do it because it makes sense. I mean. If they're going to demorph something, you would want them to end up with an Andalite and not a human.
1: However, as Tobias is quick
0: to figure out, um, then they'd know that the the ray would work, is the thing. And and they don't want them to know that it works, if it does work. Yeah, and
1: the the great thing about this scene is you have um, Tobias looking at Jake and Eric and realizing with his keen vision, his keen bird vision, um, that Jake (laughs) and Eric aren't as happy as everyone else with Axe volunteering. Like, something's missing. Like, he's waiting for the other shoe to drop. And that's when Tobias is like, oh, okay, here's what the real plan is. And, like, it's it's Tobias realizing it, Jake affirming it, and then just a second later, Marco getting it. Like, that's the – I like that progression. That shows where everybody's at. That shows how they think. Um, Just a really good moment.
0: Yeah, the interactions between all the team members, uh, especially – in, in this and then like on the mission a little bit later are, are really good for this book. Um, so Eric uh, kind of briefs him on like what's going to happen with this uh, uh, award ceremony. The the sharing is running this like dedication for a, um, a community center that they're opening. And there's a really funny bit in the book that actually made me laugh out loud, which I'm going to read to you, where Eric is uh, talking. He's, he's telling him about this plan. And he says, there's something else you need to know, Eric added. We do not think the Yerkes built this community center out of concern for the community. I'm shocked, Marco said, then laughed.
1: (laughs) Um, Yeah.
0: This is a great, there's, there's still really good comedy, as well as, you know, the high tension drama, which is what these books do really well, is juggle
1: those two things. For not being a Marco book, this book showcases Marco as if it were a Marco book. You get a lot of funny lines from him.
0: Well, he's just doing a lot of goofy crap in this (laughs) book, especially (laughs) on this stupid mission. Um, So, yeah, uh, and, you know, I I had always imagined and I I thought I'd heard whispers from the community, although I can't blame the community on this this thought of mine. Um, I had heard that uh, Axe was not going to be willing... Uh, so did to, I to give up his DNA, so to speak, to let T- uh, Tobias morph into him. Yeah,
1: I thought um, so. I, I, I was, I, <laughs> yeah.
0: Were you as shocked as I was uh, when I didn't know where
1: I didn't know where I read it, but I had read that uh, the big plot of this book was Axe being just a stick in the mud about somebody else morphing Andalite, and that's like the big pull, like the big problem in this book is Axe refusing and and being mad about it, and that his Shorim would even ask it of him. That wasn't even part of this book at all.
0: <laughs> well, I don't know. Uh, either we were misled or, for some reason, our imaginations ran rampant with just a little bit of bad info. But uh, Axe actually is the one to suggest Tobias and acquire him and morph him.
1: And he's excited by it. He's incredible. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah. He's, it. like, super into it. And, you know, I, I admit it'd be pretty awesome to see... Somebody turn into your double and, and go call some mayhem well, or something.
1: Well, it's, it's, it's not just somebody. It's his... He doesn't have any other Andalites. That's oh, no. The this is, this is like that. his real family. It's like his and, real brother. His real yeah. brother getting to be an Andalite with him.
0: Yeah, exactly. Th- this is something that I swear they are doing every single night... Between books that we're not getting to read, I want that book. Just Axe. I want that and series. Chilling out in the forest. Maybe sometimes Axe morphs uh, Red Tail Hawk and they go off and do hawk things. Who knows? <laughs> Maybe yeah. they spend most of no, their time doing Andalite things. Maybe they invented a really cool children's card game that they play on Andalite motorcycles. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I, I, I'm excited for the listeners who will get that reference. Um,
0: <laughs> well, either way, either way, this was a pretty cool little chapter of of Acts. Willingly allowing uh, Tobias to acquire him and then, you know, morph him. And then they do some Andalite things for a little bit, like uh, uh, Tobias tries some uh, advanced tail combat maneuvers and awkwardly gets his tail blade lodged in a tree trunk. And (laughs) they (laughs) they do some some Andalite ceremony, praying to Mecca kind of stuff, and uh,
1: it's a good little chapter. Oh, and it's it's a great moment, too, where... Tobias is like he tries his first ritual as an andalite and he's like I like that and acts like I like that too like that's a I sweet like that. moment <laughs> like, That's great, and I think this this scene really shows uh, The structure of this book and how well it's structured versus a lot of the other animals books where you have these the scene of really personal stuff happening uh, Mixed in with the scenes that's progressing the plot so you have these side scenes, and it's it's great because any other Andal- Animorphs book, not Andalite book, any other Animorphs book, they would hear about the mission, and then the next scene is them setting up for it or worried about it the next day at school or talking about it again or something like that or starting the mission. That's always the next scene. This one, it takes a moment to have Axe and Tobias share this, like, not worried about the mission, just, like, really excited to try this new thing. Um, that sounds like a a totally different fan fiction that I don't want to go into but
0: um. <laughs> no no I I wholeheartedly agree with you Tobias is definitely happy to finally get some of that andelite DNA in him mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and no, no you're back to that other fan fiction um I'm talking about I'm talking about this this rich rich brotherly love that they share
0: I, okay, so. and you know what? Before <laughs> before we transition into the next scene, I just like to point out that it feels like a very long time since we've had a book where they had to uh, acquire a new morph for a specific mission or purpose, um, and, and you know have like one of those fun chapter or twos where they're like
1: interacting with Getting trying to morph. acquire an animal, a dangerous animal. And this one's great because we get we get a little history. Of the Andalites, and this book weaves in uh, historical and mythological views of the Andalites throughout various scenes, and um, this is a great one because we learn that that it's almost like um like a Buddhist monk trying to meditate his way into uh, another state of living. Uh, you have these Andalites uh, philosophers or uh, monks or whatever you want to call them who. Are always trying to get back to their original instincts because the instincts of the of the Andalites of one of optimism and hope and peace and um, you know Tobias gets that just from I don't know it's the first time in the series we've we've seen uh, morphing a sentient creature have positive results. You don't have Cassie over his shoulder worrying about the Andalite mind that's going to pop up. You have him morphing a creature that yes, it's incredibly smart but morphing it at its basic instinct level is actually adding something to his reality. And it's uh, it's, it's incredibly interesting.
0: Yeah, oh, I, mean, that's, this, that's, that's I, I think that's one of the most interesting things this book posits, is that there might actually be some benefit to morphing a sentient creature and having
1: this balance of like two different minds. Um, I'm yeah, going to say that's it, a concept. It, I'm just going to say, as a concept, that's one of the most interesting and thoughtful things that has been in this entire series so far. I mean it's it's it was a big deal, me reading the Andalite stuff in this one. I've never read this book before, and this book was like being slapped in the face. Um, this it is changes a good everything
0: book. you knew about morphing sentient creatures. It's only it unfortunate that I, I don't think uh Tobias morphs axe enough in uh in the series. And I think everybody should acquire axe at some point, which I'm not hundred percent clear on if it ever happens or not. I don't think it does though.
1: I think Axe would maybe even have an issue with someone else morphing him, but Tobias is sure. I mean, that's, um, it's something he got excited about.
0: Uh, yeah, totally. Um, okay. So let's dive into this next big mission scene because they do get to have a team mission before all the fun and Tobias torture starts. Um, where they, they're heading to the sharing's uh, grand opening of this community center that they're building. Uh, they're giving out awards. Uh, Jake is going to be there uh, in person, just attending with his family because of course Tom is getting an award because he's, you know, hot shit within the sharing's inner circle. Um, says he's rising through the ranks. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we've got, you know i'm I'm assuming that he's not going to rise quite as fast because of the the drama that went down uh, two books ago, right He
1: did seem a little more of a liability
0: <laughs> they They definitely threw some resources at him in in that book, and they're probably not all that happy that in the end it was like, you know, well, now we got a hospital bill." <laughs>
1: <laughs> well maybe during Pay the separation free- he did some he did some really good stuff, and that's why he's getting an award. He took a you
0: break. Know. They made him. They made him. They made him mop the floors and clean the toilets at the sharing
1: HQ. <laughs> and he did a really good job, you know. Uh, um, it's, it's possible. But yeah, oh, this, the, re- the rest is, of the team is, is there a, too. And this whole mission is kind of a cluster mess up because it's like um, they tr- they trusted Axe to be kind of the point man. On this thing, I know. Well, it's uh, it's
0: it's an interesting juxtaposition to the rest of the book because it's like they really needed to pile on the the humor and the the laughs and you know just the wackiness uh, in this uh, end of the book, the the whole act one, act two kind of uh, part, because from here on out or after the mission, you know the book takes a uh, incredibly dark and. Uh, Depressing turn. <laughs> so yeah, uh, of exactly. course we've got, you know, the team in fly morph. Like you said, Axe is in human mode for some dumb reason, with nobody watching him. Uh <laughs> and he's running around causing chaos, eating things. Um the rest of the team are flies of all things. Um and yeah, it's it's extra wacky with Marco uh being a fly and getting stuck in some chocolate fondue, and then, you know, there's a whole situation where Axe almost eats him because he's <laughs> trying to rescue him from the chocolate. I like how that it's him.
1: handled, though, because it's, it's goofy, but it's like the back and forth of Mark being like, no, seriously, don't eat me, bro. Like, it was it was handled kind of seriously, even though it's like a goofy in nature scene. Um, well,
0: the thing that made it, it, it really just, work is that the whole time, Jake is sitting there trying to act like a normal kid, and he is just freaking out because he can hear oh. his whole
1: team's thoughts speak going crazy. Um, and, and I don't know... I. I don't know what kind of child you were, but I was a problem child, especially in church. Like, I would not sit still. I would, like, crawl under pews and, like, hit people in the back with back scratchers and stuff. Like, I was a really problem child. So, like, Jake sitting there hearing about the disaster that's happening just reminded me so much of my parents. Like, just, they can't do anything in the middle of an event, like church or something, but their kid is going crazy.
0: (laughs) Yeah, basically. um, And he, he just really can't intervene. And, you know he's he's almost losing I, I like this because it's like he's losing his temper with his team now like he's playing the the uh supervising father role almost. well he's
1: right too i think jake has hit. i mean especially in this book he's hit another level and they're all acting like a bunch of kids and uh, Axe is supposed to be the warrior he's supposed to be the one that has training against this thing and he can't control his morph uh, I mean, well, this is, I think, uh, it's yeah, you're, you're, you're
0: onto something here, buddy, because I <laughs> I think it shows that Jake is evolving ahead of his team, while the rest of the team is still trying to retain this, uh, uh, this innocent sort of like, yeah, we're going on missions to save the world, but <laughs> we're still kids, we're still PG-13 here, and... Uh, uh, Jake well, yeah, obviously- Cassie Cassie
1: and Marco only get serious whenever Jake's about to die. And Rachel, we're seeing, is specifically trying to keep her innocence. That's, that's the big thing I wanted to talk about with Rachel in this book, is I love, I mean, we've gotten the constant hit over the head uh, storyline of Rachel losing control, being too violent, losing who she is. And we're sick of that at this point. I mean, it's a big part of her arc, but honestly we hear it every other book and no, this yeah, this time, is, a,
0: they finally made a, a terrific way for her to emote about that. That, that, yeah, I really she, she
1: tries to do normal things. She wants to have a normal date with her boyfriend and, uh, we're seeing her, her fight back against what war does to an already violent person. Um, and that's—I mean—that's the most interesting thing to happen to Rachel in like thirty books.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. She just doesn't want to lose the girl that she is or could be uh, to the warrior that she knows she has to be.
1: Boom! This to this to up Rachel book, perfectly. You, you summed it up perfectly. But this Tobias book is the best Rachel book uh, and the best Jake book we've probably had so far. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, and you know, I—I I really like looking at the other characters through different characters' eyes. Um, in particular, after this book, I think it'll be really interesting to see how the team views Tobias uh, after what happens here. Um, yeah. But, yeah, they're on this mission, and um, when when uh, Jake has a moment where he's got a little run-in with Visor 3, who arrives in Human oh, Morph, of great. course.
1: great moment.
0: Yeah, yeah, and um, they excellent. they even have a, a little stare down where you know the visitor's trying to swat at flies and Jake is <laughs> actively stopping him from it, and uh, it's just a cool little 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 nugget yeah. of the showdown.
1: And visitor um, three apologizing, and saying uh, sorry if I scared you, and Jake just looks him straight in the eyes and says, um, "I don't scare easily." I don't, I don't scare easily.
0: But yeah, I just, I, and hearing that from Cassie is Cassie's the one who who told Tobias I heard. I saw Jake saying do this. Um that that was just a nice little
1: touch. It's cool. You can imagine uh, that Cassie just swooned in that moment for Jake. That was a oh, that was probably a very either. attractive thing. <laughs> um but yeah, so they they had that great scene with visor three and Jake meeting. I it could have only been better if it was like a, like he just had to like shake his hand or something and was just like barely containing himself. That would have been crazy too. It would be awesome um, but,
0: if, uh, in shaking his hand, he could have like still acquired him. And I, I, I'm pretty sure they say at some point that you can't like acquire another animal from somebody who's in morph. But they don't but maybe, necessarily say you can't acquire the thing's base DNA while it's in morph. Well,
1: maybe he could have. Maybe he could have like not acquired him, but put him in uh, that trance and made him look like a fool. Like maybe he tripped and fell after that or something because he was shaky after being a you know quote unquote acquired um that would have been a cool little scene too but
0: um uh, maybe or maybe they should have like planned it out to have jake like shake his hand somewhere and and put him in the little trance and then have somebody like uh harvey lee oswald him from a uh, uh, high rise somewhere <laughs> while he's immobilized <laughs>
1: No, I mean, what would have been great, and it wouldn't have happened in this book, but if we were a little closer to the end of the series, and they knew that their secret was about to get out, but Visitor 3 hadn't been informed yet, and Jake's just staring him right in the eyes, and he's just like, screw you, buddy. Or something like that, or like punched him out, and then just ran for all the hills. Get off my
0: plane! And then he punched get him off Get off my the planet! <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyway uh, but they, oh, they go into thing, the mission, mission we forgot
0: to mention about this mission by the way is that eric has also discovered that uh, this this community center is also serving as the entrance to a uh, larger extension of the yurk pool which yeah. um, is cool it's it's good to know that you know they're they're still expanding the old yurk empire
1: um, oh yeah what's uh, when later would we go down there uh, they say that there's alien ships down there now, uh, like they've actually got transports, which I don't think we've ever heard that before. Uh, yeah, and it'd be so really interesting to bigger. see
0: where they're sneaking those things in and out of, <laughs> because this and, this, I mean, uh, this um, entrance to the Irkpool as it turns out, is located on the playground of this community center, specifically within the uh, tube that uh, connects two of the, the jungle gym things. And um, there's a whole scene where Tobias and Axe, they get serious and they infiltrate the community center and they spy on some security guards and stuff. It's all pretty boring. Um, and they just discover the entrance of the uh, Yerk Pool from that.
1: Yeah, but it's, it's you know, it's that's the kind of scene that's just moving the plot along where it's, you know, they're in more, Axe takes out one of the guards, and they see that the entrance specifically is also a way to trap them. Um. Yeah, they so, they
0: have all security cameras trained on the entrance, uh, uh to the Urk pool, and they're they're very much expecting the Andalite bandits to show up to try and infiltrate or something. Um, and Tobias, and what's great about this is that Tobias knows he's going into a trap. He knows he's surrendering it. That's how he thinks of it as surrendering, because that's essentially what he's doing.
1: Well, he's um, definitely doing it because if you think about it, even though they're prepared to walk into a trap. None of them have done this before. None of them have willfully gone with the Yerks and been put in a situation where they could disappear fast without the other Animorphs being able to get to them. And that's exactly what happens here. Or just flat
0: out be murdered. I mean, yeah. there, there's just, no reason a- why one of the higher up Yerk controllers wouldn't just be like, you know what? Before the Sandalite Bandit f- figures out a way out of this, I'm just going to kill him and then I'll tell the Visitor whatever he was killed you know, in some accident.
1: That would have been the smart thing to do, too. But the thing is,
0: they they, uh, really drive home that every controller seems to have an innate fear of the Vizzer and will not (laughs) do anything to question him or go against him or even really help him. We've seen controllers, I think, even shy away from, like, interfering to kind of uh, 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 do something in the favor of, you know, helping the visor.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, and it's just it's, it's especially great in the scene where uh, every single person, once they get down into the it's like a sub room or an offshoot room of the your pool, um, wherever they are, uh, every single person is just everything they're doing is based on their fear of visitor three coming back and being angry at them.
0: Yeah, old visitor three runs a tight ship. Uh, so, you know, they've located the entrance to the pool. They know it's time for Tobias to go. Axe kind of, like, leaps out and reveals himself all dramatically and Axe and the, is the bait. Um, and then Tobias just, frankly, he just flies right into the <laughs> tube, the entrance, and uh, uh, Rachel's there as well. She goes with him. She's hiding out in flea morph on him. And yeah, this is and where the fun begins.
1: It, yeah, and, and immediately... Um... They're just seeing a wall of hork bajir, just just quite a few, and what they're not expecting is this human girl who they say looks like uh, like a teenage supermodel or something. Like uh, he, she reminds Tobias of Rachel. A lot, yeah. Oh, he, yeah.
0: How, he, he almost mistakes her for Rachel.
1: <laughs> which yeah, and I thought was I, odd. I've, so she's just another
0: blonde hottie. You
1: know, I I felt like her introduction, and I know she shows up just from our chat with our listeners. Uh, I know she shows up in a later book that I also haven't read. But um, it's interesting how she's introduced feels like they're introducing an important character. It's not like the random human controllers who've just walked up before. This feels like the introduction of a character who has something going on. And I thought that was that was nice to read in a ghost-written book in the middle of the series when it, it didn't feel like anyone was adding anything new to the mythology.
0: Yeah, well, this is um, uh, uh, a character that we get a little uh well quite a bit of backstory on actually <laughs> as it would be um yeah but uh, like you said it's uh, a heck of a uh, lot of horkmajir um chapman is there and this girl taylor um is subvisor 51 um and she is very special because she's a volunteer controller ooh
1: and we get more of her backstory later
0: yeah and uh before tobias can like demorph so to speak, to Andalite, um, he's hit with like this paralyzing foam stuff that uh, she shoots out of her hand like an android or something, and uh, she <laughs> she just doesn't even care. She she nails like all of her team almost with it too, and she's like, "Oh, did I forget to tell you to take the antidote?" Like, yeah, she. I don't especially... know. It just seemed like they they went out of their way to make her seem like a, a dick there.
1: <laughs> she seems especially evil. And we learn later on that she's got, you know, she's got issues.
0: Yeah, it's all justified, her evil actions, because she's got issues.
1: I mean, <laughs> the way they go into it is more than more character development than they've gone into with a lot of these controllers.
0: Right? Yeah, yeah, a lot of, yeah, okay. I was sarcastic, sarcastic by the way. Um,
1: I can't even tell anymore.
0: uh so so tobias and rachel are like uh they're paralyzed they're kind of trapped in between morph um if rachel's even got to the stage of demorphing um but they're separated and you know tobias is very worried that she could be stuck as a flea um forever which would be awful and uh you know he finds himself confined to um they don't go into great description about their their container other than it's like clear glass again good job guys you figure that one out (laughs) um it's not very big he's so he's like kind of just stuck in there and uh he's he's trapped in mid-morph still and um they're waiting for Visor three to show up and he finally arrives on the scene with uh some scientists some human scientists that are working on the morph ray and I I don't know this whole Morphe thing um, I feel like blew over really quickly and conveniently, right? Well, I think which, I which think was the, their
1: intention, but it also I think they seemed took like, it. I think ah. they took it from another book. They took it from the Separation, and it wasn't that great of an idea from the Separation, uh, but it wasn't resolved either. So I think one of the mandates for this book was probably to include it. Um, but they, you know, they struggled. To make you
0: know what it would have been better?
1: And so you know they... what would
0: have been better than a demorph ray? A a morph randomizer ray. So, like, if they hit you with it, you just, like, suddenly change from maybe a grizzly bear to, a, let's say, a tabby cat. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cat ray! Vizu 3 can turn everyone into cats! New idea. There it is. <laughs> I knew it'd come to me. Hashtag about that book.
1: Hashtag uh, feline demorphing Ray.
0: <laughs> the f- the feline Ray. <laughs> the anti-everything-that's-not-cat Ray. The visor's favorite new weapon.
1: <laughs> uh, that's interesting. Um, uh, so this I, is where I the series I gets incredibly dark. I think as far as a plot device they wanted to bring back and use, I think they definitely did the most interesting thing with it that they could. It's, did it's you? Because honestly...
0: I, I really kind of wanted to see like the, the animorphs run in a mission and then the Yerks just kind of like show up on scene and blast one of them with it. And they suddenly like demorph to human, but are, you know, they conveniently like fall onto a passing truck or something. And the, the Yerks don't get to see that they're human, but they, they realize that they have an antimorph Ray and uh, maybe, uh, you know, another scene where they're avoiding it during a, a fight or something. I think that'd have been cool. Um, I would have liked this to have is a, seen this is a when quick what I up.
1: Originally thought it was which was a morphing ray that stopped you from being able to morph anymore. I think that would have been really interesting. Oh, you um, mean like
0: it like it bricks your body?
1: <laughs> yeah, if one of them actually lost their their morphing ability, how incredibly that'd be like a character dying basically. That'd be an incredibly interesting book.
0: It would be. Yeah, um you know, it would be kind of cool if they just had an animorph that they drop part way through the series yeah Cassie
1: <laughs> no <I'm just> <laughs> no, uh, no that would be more interesting to it with someone like Rachel who that's what she lives for nowadays
0: oh my god she would yeah and then like five books later you just see her in the background going insane like beating up a competing gymnast or something somebody yeah
1: or like joining the army
0: no. Oh, yeah, um i I would like to think that Rachel, even without morphing power, would still uh, be involved in some way helping the anamorphs. Um, well, she'd be even like if um... she ended up she'd she'd go like all hit girl, you know, like she'd throw on a mask and uh, go go <laughs> vigilante hero on on the Yerks.
1: No, see, I was picturing more like the Oracle from Batman. Like Barbara Gordon, who's Batgirl, she gets uh, shot by the Joker and paralyzed in a wheelchair. Yeah, so,
0: so she just kind of feeds Batman info. Yeah, um, exactly. No, it'd be way more interesting to see Rachel riding Jake on t- in Tigermorph into battle like He-Man oh, style with a big <laughs> sword. <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming for you, Vizzer! That's what she sounds like. Um, nice. <laughs> well, anyway, when when the anti-morph ray doesn't work on Tobias, doesn't yield any sort of results, even though the scientists are like, "No, it must work. It has to work. There's there's some reason why it's not working." Um, Visor Three is still like, mm, "Feed him to the Texans." <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, it's just he, he. Thus, I like that Three line. <laughs> I like that Visitor 3 in this book is um, very in and out. He's not, like, doing his cameo bit he's done from the last few books.
0: He um, even seems like he's begin- beginning to uh, show some wear and tear and some tire. Because, yeah, he's, like, he he expressly states, like, sorry I got held up, you know, I was, I was doing this other thing. And, like, <laughs> he's making excuses now for why he's-, he's 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 late. He doesn't seem like his old energetic, confident self, you know? Yeah. Even exactly. even killing people, he takes no joy in that anymore. He doesn't simply decapitate. Where's, th- Where's the fun in that? He just feeds him to the Texans now, lazily. I just
1: see him sitting in therapy or, or going home to Mrs. Visor 3 and her just being like, man, I miss the old you, the you that would morph some crazy Saturn monster and, and really enjoy every bite of that. Uh, you know, Hork-Bajir who defied you. Uh,
0: <laughs> that would be awesome. Hey, I'm going to drop a cool reference here. I will say that Visor 3 is like uh, Aku in the new season of Samurai Jack. He's become, like, chronically uh, depressed that <laughs> you're nothing gonna, he's doing his working anymore. You're going
1: to embarrass me in front of our listeners where I have to admit that I have not watched an episode of the exceptional new series of, uh, that is of my samurai goal jack. friend
0: to get to get you and as many people as possible to watch the new season of samurai jack because it is amazeballs
1: yeah well, like seriously uh, you know i i will i will catch up i love this i love the old series uh i love the i love everything else that artist writer has done um he's incredible it's got a very hard to pronounce name
0: our, our next our next podcast is going to be dedicated solely to Gendy Tartakovsky.
1: I don't even mind that. Oh, my gosh. Just us having to sit down and talk about his Clone Wars series.
0: I, I could, honest to God, review. I could watch and review every episode of Dexter's Lab. That show was my childhood. I think yeah. probably around the same time I was reading this book series, honestly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Anyway, speaking great. of this book series, um, we got Tobias locked in a cage. He's about to go through some torture. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and what, we, what we do you this... think about
0: torture, Coleman?
1: Uh, I'm well. I mean, in the real world, I'm against it. In the book series, <laughs> uh, incredibly interesting.
0: As it relates um, to the animorphs, please.
1: <laughs> yeah, as it relates to the animorphs, all for it. All for it. Develops character, gives us interesting flashbacks.
0: Okay, yeah. Hard. Okay, we were talking about how Visor Three is like all, all depressed and stuff. So as soon as he kills the scientist and thinks the the anti morph is kaput, he like just pieces out and he's like, okay, whatever. The, the thing's yours. Get him to demorph. Uh,
1: yeah, and, and he, he just he leaves. <laughs> and he specifically, I mean, Taylor is feeling the hurt from this. Um, she thinks that you know she's failed him in his eyes now, and she's either either just gonna look bad in front of him or she's gonna be dead. After she doesn't get anything else from him, so.
0: Oh yeah, for her well for it her. is all about getting uh, the android bandit to demorph and to further the uh, Yurks' goal to infest more Andalites. and she ain't going to get that result, as we all know. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, she's just going to torture Tobias a lot, and that's that's what she proceeds to do from here on. Oh, I don't know, seven or eight chapters, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> uh, she, she's and just she's got the pain machine hooked up to him and uh, hits him with it constantly. And like you said, well, yeah, we get it, it gets us all sorts of things. It gives us flashbacks. It gives us uh, long rambling, sometimes incoherent, just <laughs> nonsense babble. Well,
1: it's great because it's like he's dreaming half the time, and then uh, the other half of the time when he's near death. We get these amazing memories of Elfangor. Um, it's almost like jumping right back in the Andalite Chronicles um, and, and getting these perspectives of Elfangor in yeah, different there, times there's a life. couple. They're pretty short. They're enjoyable, though, and incredibly well written. <laughs> they, um, they,
0: to me, it seemed like they came out of nowhere, and uh, they aren't explained until
1: the very end. In an um, awesome way. I feel like you're not hyping <laughs> these up enough because they're great. And they uh, we'll more get to about it
0: when animals. we get to it. We also uh, get flashbacks of uh, Tobias's adoptive uncle just kind of being a shit overall. Um, not oh, yeah. <laughs> taking Tobias to the art exhibit that he's a part of or that <laughs> he won an award for. Or, um, uh, he, he's just like a stereotypically bad uncle, you know? Like, why should I, I care? Well, yeah, how does that affect me? Like, is it, <laughs> it
1: going to make us any money?
0: Uh yeah, they're always concerned about money. Whenever they want to portray like a uh, uh, family member as like you know bad, it's all about money. People, money tears your follow
1: part. follow the money.
0: But uh, you know, it, it, it the whole book uh, for the next couple chapters really transitions between the way that Tobias kind of just gives his human side up to his hawk side because that's more. Uh, equipped to dealing with this sort of torture. And the ways that he distracts himself and what he thinks about and what he remembers. So we get to see a lot of cool flashbacks uh, of, you know, just his life, what it was like when he was human. And and like I said earlier, this is the reason why he, he really is uh, justified in believing that he's got nothing to go back to as a human because he's constantly bullied. He's got just a terrible living situation with family members that don't really get him. Don't care about him. Um, and we we see more of this uh as he's trying desperately to just stay alive and not be tortured to death.
1: It oh, goes yeah. on for quite and a while. It does and it, each one I think reveals different things. I don't think it's um repetitive at all. I think it's I think it really uh really shows some depths of Tobias and I love the using the morph to get away from the torture. I thought that was genius. And then uh, use then Taylor figuring that out, and using pleasure to bring his sentient self back out. I mean, this this whole torture scene is about Tobias and the weird creature he is. Like it's catered to specifically how strange of a creature he is. and, well, and it's extremely well written.
0: What gets cooler as it goes on is the revelation that Taylor is very much the same as Tobias in that she is this flawed creature that is totally caught between two different things. Her, her Yurk alliances and, you know, being this earth girl, uh, Taylor, you can see the Yurk bleeding into thinking, you know, that she really is the human girl. And, and I think a little bit of vice versa. Um, so it's really kind of interesting to see, you know, somebody being tortured by a very likened character. Um, and, you know, finally, he he's able to distract her even a little bit with some banter. And then we get her whole backstory. She delivers via monologue, uh, my favorite, when a uh, villain believes themselves to be uh, just about to win... So that they reveal everything. Well, this is more of a breakdown, really. Um, as Tobias points out, I think she is literally going insane, and with the amount of pressure she's probably under, with uh, Visitor three on his way back, yeah, it makes sense that she'd be going a little crazy
1: here. Well, I, don't, I don't even think that she's going insane here. I think her character herself, because of I think um, I think the I think this really reveals that the Yurks are not a symbiotic relationship most of the time. You know, they are meant to be predator and prey. So this broken human volunteering to be a host, I think this shows how messed up it can make the yerk itself to where they start blending with the host. They're not supposed to be. They're supposed to be at opposite ends, the yerk controlling and putting pressure down. They're not supposed to be working together. And so um, specifically in this girl's instance, it's really driving the yerk crazy too. And it no, yeah, it really I, I totally get you.
0: I this, this really harkens back to the separation and how it's all about you know, two sides conflicting, having to work together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what I'm going to yeah. say about every book from now on, by <laughs> the way. It really harkens back to the separation.
1: <laughs> we should only reference separation. separation. Um, but, but no, I thought this was incredibly interesting, extremely well done, tailor-made, uh, pun intended, no. Uh, for a Tobias book um, and to show his weaknesses and his strengths. Um, right. Could, and couldn't have, they couldn't think of a better way this book could be written.
0: Well, it's definitely, uh, they, they needed to have this character introduced to do this thing because it really wouldn't have worked if it was like Vizier 3 torturing Tobias or something, you know?
1: Yeah, there wouldn't um, have been, we, we know Vizier 3, we already think of him a certain way, it wouldn't have been as good.
0: You know what? I would love a, a book from Visor Three's perspective. I think we've said that numerous times in, in episodes all over, but it goes without saying, uh, a Visor Three Chronicles or something. Would I don't be,
1: know. I don't just. Excellent. I don't think he deserves it. I think he's one of those people who does a good enough job that he, you know, he's he's a blunt force. So someone like that can easily go up the ranks of something like the Uric Empire. But as far as like his inner perspectives, I think he's all surface level. He wears his blood soaked heart in a sleeve. Like he No, dude, you know where
0: it would really help is filling in his his actual personality. I would like to see his own book uh not even be about anything specific. It's just about him like walking around the during the day to day York operations and just like his inner monologues, what he thinks about all the peons around him and stuff, I think could be really uh, funny, as well as uh, uh, very character-building for him. Um, I think that they want him to be this vague, villainy, not extremely fleshed-out force of evil, is my guess. Um, but something like that could make him way more likable.
1: See, uh, I think he's more of like the supervillain who's like, if you were it into his head what he was thinking, he's probably like walking down... The, you know, some corridor in the blade ship and, uh, he sees some hork walk by and he's like, Hmm, be really cool to see his blood on the wall right now. Like that's, that's <laughs> as deep as he gets.
0: Yeah. I mean, he's like, Hmm, I could chop that guy's head off right now. Nobody would say a thing.
1: <laughs> be pretty awesome.
0: Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, they could they could do a lot there. I think anyway, um, where are we at in this? Well, who asked story what you wise? think? Uh, I don't know. Some people with their monies. <laughs> um, uh, oh, yeah. So, as Tobias is like basically being tortured to death here, he's on death's door, essentially, right? Um he he does get to have this like nice little vision, like you said, these these memories of Elphengor. Somehow he first is Elphengor, and then he gets a message from Elfingore that's all like, "Tobias, don't die." What up? Um. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> from it's the me, group. your dad. <laughs> How you doing, Ghost Dad? <laughs> Hashtag I want that book, Andalite Ghost Dad. <laughs> Hashtag. It's just, it's just elf and gore, like, uh, uh, like with the opacity turned down, hovering behind Tobias. <laughs> no, Tobias.
1: people. people, people wanted our hashtag. People wanted our hashtag for this one. I think it's uh, hashtag horse daddy.
0: <laughs> it's a horse, okay. Because uh, <laughs>
1: he's an Andalite and they have horse bodies. Do you get it?
0: Oh no, no, I got it. I just didn't want to expand further on it.
1: Oh, because it was just great the way it is. Gotcha. Uh,
0: so let's see here. Um, plot wise, rolling right along,
1: because
0: this is honestly the way our conversation is going is kind of how I felt reading this point, because you can only read so long of like just a singular singular character um, locked in a box being tortured and, and just getting random cutaways um
1: again i I want to slow down a little bit in my read i want to reiterate that i got something different out of all these cutaways i i thought they were incredibly interesting individually
0: Um, yeah no some of them were good (laughs) some of them were good there's one that i i think really is honestly just long and rambling um and it's the one where he's like thinking that he's multiple different things and uh i don't know it's just like two and a half whole pages of this trip out um and it didn't really go anywhere or i think add much uh anyway uh so you know nothing's going right for anybody and uh they've basically decided that they're just gonna murder um uh, Tobias, because he's not really helping anybody, and then Vizzer shows up again with this eagle, and he's like, "Hey, we caught one of your buddies." Oh, we should we should mention earlier that another tactic that the Vizzer tried was, uh, "Oh, we, we found another Andalite. We, we followed him to his scoop in the woods. Like, yeah. we, we we know about him. We did it, and and you know, it works on Tobias. It's like psychological torture.
1: Well, yeah, at uh, first he's like, think his buddies wait. are
0: captured and dead."
1: Well yeah, he's like, "Wait, Axe has a scoop?"
0: It yeah. must be real. <laughs> There's no way that villain would lie. Um, so he he doesn't really know what the situation is on the outside. Yeah, his buddies could be dead, but um while while uh they're just kind of in this standoff like right before they're about to kill him. Um X is spotted by Tobias demorphing from flea morph. He's hiding out amongst the group, and, and he manages to inform Tobias that, you know, everybody snuck in on this uh, this eagle, which is the injured one that they were actually tending to earlier in the book. Um, yeah. Which is, like, kind of dark that the team was like, well, you know, they've seen us in, in bald eagle morph, so... We gotta sacrifice this bald eagle to the mission. Well, they, the, they bald eagle, <laughs> the bald eagle, the bald eagle was up, dying. Uh, yeah, I know. I think they they did say it was doomed, right? Doomed yeah, means they said, you know they it's an animal it, that wasn't going to recover. It was highly injured already. Um, and, and not only still, that, th- but this this bald eagle was like a sacrificial Trojan horse for the team because they all rode in on it on Fleamorph. <laughs>
1: It literally was, but the uh, the thing that they said earlier that, um, not earlier, but when it gets killed is, I thought it was very pointedly saying that it was killed like super quickly by the taxons, like in four bites, it was dead, um, so I think they were trying to make up for the fact that they were killing an eagle by doing that.
0: Um, you know? No, I, I'm cool with it, I mean, you know, it's very necessary, I think. Well, I know show... you're always
1: down for a good eagle killing. But
0: I'm rest of <laughs> if only you'd let me continue my thought instead of interrupting. <laughs> but I know it's super important for you to get those one-liners out. Zippity split. Um, <laughs> I don't. Screw it. I'm not even going to continue my thought.
1: No, um, I want to hear it. Though. it's super important
0: to me. <laughs> Uh, I was just going to say, it's important to show, you know, that bad stuff happens to good animals
1: as well. uh, You know, I feel like
0: this uh, book series has almost lost its, um, like, nature conservationist kind of message. That they they used to push, like back when they were talking to whales. (laughs)
1: Uh,
0: (laughs) Now they don't do that so much anymore. It's like they've lost the voice of Mother Earth.
1: Yeah, now um, they're, like, throwing... Now they're sh- murdering bald
0: eagles. They need They need to do an entire book where they make up for this by, like, saving all the bald eagles,
1: I think. Yeah, no, now... Just now to bring back to like, the,
0: the conservation message.
1: Now I feel like they're going to break the fourth wall and have Cassie turn to the camera after one of these events and just be like, I don't give a fuck.
0: <laughs> she just shrugs, like, as a... Kangaroo is dying or something. <laughs> what Somebody's strangling a kangaroo, and Cassie's just shrugging. <laughs> Cassie, oh Cassie whatever, smokes. it's the Australia book. Nobody cares.
1: No, Cassie's smoking a cigarette and like blowing the smoke into the <laughs> face of like these bunnies.
0: <laughs> Funny because they do mention how they uh, they they rescued some bunnies and rehabbed them. That's another thing that. Uh, Tobias mentions. And it's cool that, you know, like as he's dying, the things that he thinks about to, to kind of bring him back to some happiness is like his friends hanging out with them, his memories of Rachel, like sneaking out in the middle of the night. And um, that scene where they, they sneak out and, and fly, um, if you're just reading the dialogue portions of that and excluding the parts where they're talking about like flying as birds, it could totally be like subcontextually read as a sex scene. I think because <laughs> it starts out with uh, with Tobias flying into her room at night and like you, you, there's footsteps padding across the the room like he's walking to her bed or something. Um, anyway, that's well, as that far was as her go coming to the thought. window.
1: That wasn't that. But I do it think could yeah, be, it could it be it could be construed either way. <laughs> I think it could be construed yeah as kind of like a a teenage male fantasy of just just being with a girl late at night, you know. I think.
0: Well, cool. Think yeah, they, they and it's night. it's freedom. It's like having the freedom to to I guess just go out and be with the gal you fancy, you know?
1: Mhm. Exactly.
0: Mhm. Good old
1: American freedom. It's what that is. Uh
0: <laughs> so everybody's like busting in in their battle morphs now it it goes into the portion of the book that we're all very familiar with where it's the last battle scene where everybody's struggling to get out of the flim flam that they're stuck in <laughs> and um Tobias is just way too injured at this point to even move um I I really dug that um once he's like broken out of the glass container that he's suspended above the room in for some stupid reason um uh he he has to actually call for help from his teammates which i think is something we've never seen in this book yet Uh, unless um uh well maybe marco earlier was calling for help when he was stuck as a fly i think but
1: still this 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 is like a
0: dire situation
1: yeah in a dire situation where he can't even get the thought speak out because he's so weak like he no one can hear him because he can't he can't project it we've definitely never seen that before
0: right yeah and it's it's interesting to note that maybe hunger or you know a near death uh weakness limits your thought speak uh capabilities that's kind of something we haven't really seen yet it'd be cool if they laid out and expanded some rules for thought speaking um you know always interested in more lore on that hashtag thought speak lore hashtag more lore. <laughs>
1: yeah exactly Um, but yeah, I I thought this whole thing was interesting. Just having him, even when he's free, everyone, everyone else is fighting. Marco is badly damaged, like badly. Why do they always,
0: always go to great lengths to be like, yeah. And then Marco got stabbed a million times and shot in the head. Yeah. uh, He he powered on.
1: (laughs) I think it's because he's the, he's the lighthearted one of the group. So showing him hurt is like really hitting home that, yeah, he's making all these jokes because he's dealing with the trauma of almost dying every week.
0: (laughs) Yeah, maybe that's why they do it. I don't know. Like I said uh, in our our discussion before we started recording, uh, Marco gets shot on this entire series, and he has every right to be an ass, I think. (laughs) I I agree Um, But the battle uh, sort of comes to a conclusion as, you know, Taylor, who is going insane and just trying to stay alive in this fight... Um, kind of grabs Tobias and, and sort of runs off with him, um, and with nobody to really help intervene, Tobias is kind of stuck in her grasp, so to speak.
1: Yeah, that's definitely, and true. she's gonna straight up kill him just just for just for really messing with her plans at this point. That's that's her thought process.
0: Yeah, and I mean, luckily she didn't get to to zap him with both the the pain button and the pleasure button at the same time. Um, but Tobias, uh, you know, he's got his freedom. <laughs> uh, he, he's eventually saved by Rachel is all I can say about this. Um, I knew he was going to be saved by somebody and, and Rachel is the most fitting one to be able to intervene like this. But, uh, what really I didn't expect, I guess, is the fact that, uh, you know, before Rachel can even kill her, um, Tobias intervenes and says, "You know, don't do it. Yeah, don't beat her, not, Rachel. You're not be her. Rachel.
1: Be Rachel. Be Stop that being girl, someone else.
0: <laughs> be that sweet, sweet girl you once were." I just want to also mm-hmm. say, man, you know, they gave Rachel a little bit of development in this, but no mention. They could have thrown in a little dialogue line of her being like, "Yeah, you remember when I..." Uh, Got split in two because I morphed starfish. Remember how dumb that was? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But this 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 they're actively trying to forget about that, I think. No mention yeah. of that. They even mention uh, uh some other things that happened in, in previous books, I think.
1: Like what, I Mitch? Say.
0: Uh don't quote me on it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're getting close to the end of this one too here. Um, cause yeah, that's, that's the end of that, that conflict. And every, they all obviously make it out of there. Like every book, they make it out of there. Um, and then the wrap up, uh, chapter is kind of funny. They're like chilling out and uh, flying kites. <laughs> As Flying kites after escaping a torture and near death situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tobias, uh, uh, you know, of course has clued everyone in on what happened and, Axe hears about his uh, little vision of Elfingore and of course, this is an Andalite thing, which uh, apparently they have something called an Utsum, where uh, memories are passed down through their DNA, which explains how he had visions of Elfgar. And
1: um, which I like this. You're kind of you're kind of poo pooing on it, but I thought this was a cool like just the fact that it's like some legend that the race has, and uh, this is like Axe is so surprised by it. I. I just really liked that.
0: No, it's cool. Um, other than the fact that it doesn't really make any sense how memories are inherited through DNA, but um I, I don't I don't have any problems with it. What, you saying I got
1: problems with it? You sound like you got some problems with it.
0: <laughs> other than the fact that almost every uh uh Andalite term they come up with I, I think sounds like uh it should be said with a thick Hebrew accent. <laughs> <laughs> the
1: <laughs> the <laughs> well i'm okay with that too so <laughs> uh and, but no it's a great um, little it needs tobias to love and them. rachel have
0: a little kissy and the book wraps up
1: yeah i mean that's a big deal too them kissing um and just really being I like i feel
0: like they've they've been kissing this whole time we just haven't seen it
1: well yeah that's totally possible but i think it was something else to see it in front of everybody else um Kind of plays off the beginning of the book and how they were distant and and not connecting and and this really brought Tobias's humanity and Andalite uh to to his focus and his forefront. He is a sentient creature. He's not a hawk. Um, I think this paid off on a lot of the other Tobias books.
0: Yeah, it's definitely setting Tobias up for this interesting character because they're making him debate more and more about you know. Choosing between Hawk and human, um, his usefulness to the team with which way he goes. And uh, I I think the most logical thing is that after the war, uh, assuming they're successful, which they don't really think they're going to be, uh, he could just be human then and and be with Rachel, assuming both of them are alive, which again, they don't think is going to happen. So, there's another side of him that I'm sure is thinking, I should just be human right now before it's all over and I lose the chance forever. And yeah. then struggling with the thought of like, well, no, the right thing to do is like fight the war to the bitter end and do everything I can. And I can't do that if I'm, I'm running away from it and trying to live out, you know, a normal human life. Um, so, yeah, he's very conflicted. And I, I dig that whole angle. Um I'd really like to see how the other characters view Tobias after his whole torture thing.
1: Um and I just, I'd like I, to think I, that a lot will change, but I bet this isn't referenced again until no, until the next probably not. Uh,
0: yeah, until she comes back. Um and I, I I'd like to see Tobias actually act different after this whole thing too. Um like I don't know, maybe he's less inclined to go into tight spaces or something after this or, you know, yeah. just something to show that there's some lasting damage, uh, mentally from that whole encounter. I um, also think so that would that's, be cool. That's, that's it's the whole book, man. That's the whole story. We went through it.
1: Yeah. Um, I, so I don't know how you want to do reviews this time. It's, it's up to you whether you want to go first or me. I think people know where I land. Go for it, brother. Okay, I'm gonna make it short Soar and sweet. More
0: like a red tail.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um I think this book's incredible. Like incredible. This is everything I want we're supposed to be to be. I can't believe I haven't read this before. You know, we write off these ghostwritten books, and half of them I've really, really enjoyed. This one is on another level. This I'm gonna make a bold, bold statement. I think I hope people aren't disregarding my opinion too much after the last one because I really liked the last one. I thought it was really interesting in a lot of ways and that's why I gave it a four. I stand by that. <laughs> um, this one though, I mean this is this is not us finding a diamond in the rough. This is a actually incredible Animorphs book. An outside perspective uh, from this ghost writer I think really nailed the characters and developed the characters in an incredibly important ways. Jake, Rachel, and Tobias are forever changed by this book in the way I see them. And I, I gotta give the author props for the structure and what we saw and how important, how they took a stupid MacGuffin, like the anti-morphing ray, and, and made it important and you care about what's happening with it and how it's, you know, what happens with it in, in relation to Tobias' torture. Um, this book's incredible. I honestly, this is the boldest statement I could make. I think this is the best Animorph book so far. It is that good in my eyes. I, I love the David Trilogy. That's a whole other level for me. Um, the first book is incredible. But as far as developing the series and moving forward, I don't know how any of the other ghostwritten books and some of the K Applegate books could get better than this one. Um, this defines... If I was going to give someone a book that needs to define the Animorphs later on in the war... Uh, before they get to the end, I would give them this book in a heartbeat. Now, this is great. This is this is <laughs> just to give one more one more <laughs> roll with it. Uh, this is the book that could be easily turned into a movie or a TV show after the animorphs have been introduced, and it would just work from page one immediately. Um, Cannot put enough praise on it. If we had a higher rating than five, I would give it a six. I'm gonna give it a high, incredibly strong five. umitsk uh, out of five.
0: Oh, okay. There you go. Well, good for you, pal. I'm glad you got a lot of enjoyment out of this one. And you know what? I got a lot of enjoyment out of it as well. Okay. Despite my my thoughts on it, it's just because I I've read this uh, a little while ago now. And I've had more time to sit on it and think about it. And I, I did have a really good time in the very uh, the beginning. The first act of this book is, like you said, five out of five. Everything we've wanted to see from an Animorphs book, it's just phenomenal. Um, the interactions, the, the characters uh, developing, bravo. I give it up to you. Good job. Um, but, you know... I'll focus a little bit more, I guess, on, on what lost me from the book, just because you've really hit on all the positives. I think we've done a really good job of praising the book throughout. Um, I, I will say though, I, I think the plot slows down a lot. Once you get to the point where you're confining a single character to one place, one setting. And, uh, uh, this, this whole torture scenario, where um, nothing is is really happening other than you know pain is being inflicted and Tobias is of course describing that pain in, in great detail and um, we get a lot of interesting insights. Um, however the the type of torture I would call this is um, is, is nonviolent torture I, I guess uh, non-graphic torture it's like PG torture um, it, it's torture where <laughs> Hi, you're you're feeling really bad right now. You definitely are. Although we're not doing anything physical, there's no blood. There's <laughs> we're not we're not sticking swords or anything into you here. Um, I, when I read the descriptions of this book and I hear everybody talk about, oh, it's so dark. Tobias is tortured. It's it's so dark and nothing's the same from here on out. Uh, I was really expecting more from that. Um, and I guess I, I didn't really expect it to be an in-depth, like, them ripping, you know, p- pieces of his toes or wings off or whatever, um, which they, they could have gotten some really gruesome torture out of it. Uh, I don't even know why I'm, like, defending torture here like I want to see more or something <laughs> that's yeah you're not, not, not where I'm going a with this strange. Uh, I'm just saying the book started to slow down and that's where I, I lost a little bit of focus and interest here is is where we get kind of generic uh, flashbacks of Tobias's life um, you know instances of him being bullied which is stuff we knew from previous books we, we've been told that he's been bullied in the past we've probably seen examples of it but um, So, you know, having these little nondescript, uh, moments from his life where he's getting bullied again, um, it's not necessarily anything new or that we didn't know, uh, and, and the whole, uh, trippy Elfengore memory thing, it was kind of out of left field, um, but I, I guess it's pretty cool. It's a way to tie him back to his father and, and the whole reason that this story started out. So I, I see why they did it, um, and, you know, setting up Taylor to be a character that comes back because obviously she gets away is, is like saying to another ghostwriter, here, you're going to have to deal with this someday.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: basically. Um, so, you know, my feelings are, are slightly more mixed than yours, I guess. Um, but genuinely, I, I enjoyed it overall. I, I don't think it's that. Super fantastical five out of five book, but I am I'm really comfortable giving this thing a four out of five. Sacrificial bald eagles.
1: <laughs> See, and that seems crazy to me. I, I just for the characterizations alone, I feel like this deserves higher than that. But I, I won't I won't shame your um, your score. That's perfectly. I have no problem with this getting a four out of five and still being positive. I just think this really added another layer to the series and uh, just perfectly no, it's, inhibited it's, it perfectly it's inhibited what fan I think t-
0: ah, <laughs>
1: ah, it perfectly inhibited what I think the series is in one book like the best parts it hit, it hit on all cylinders in my mind for the side stories for the for the little aspects for evolving the mythology for adding to the series for changing the characters it did what we want every book to do and some of them nailed bits and pieces but they did all of them that's why I was so surprised by it You
0: know what? It did. It it had fantastic character developments uh, all around. Good job there. However, overall, and I'm talking overall grand scheme of things, the the, the war plot, not really advancing from this book alone. I I don't see a significant uh, uh, change in the overall war effort from this or the, the plot series as all. Like, I'm saying this is kind of skippable if you were doing a, a reread of the series and you wanted the plot-only advancing books. Yeah. There, right there, you can skip this one. So, yeah, suck can, it, Coleman.
1: <laughs> I can see that a little bit. I think you're dead wrong, but I can see where you're coming from. Um, but anyway, that's that's our review of well, The Illusion.
0: Yeah, either, yeah I was going to say, either way, that's, that's 33 The Illusion. Uh, come back next time. When we review 34, The Prophecy, another book that I've never read.
1: Yeah, and actually I haven't heard anything about this one, so I don't know if it's considered a good or bad, and maybe we shouldn't even look into it um, <laughs> and just, just let it hit us.
0: I'm looking at the cover right now, and it's, it's another one of them freaky ones that I don't think I want to tow around in public.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah? Okay. I haven't seen the front of it, so I don't know. But anyway, well, we appreciate you all listening. Uh, check us out on iTunes if you can here past my dog, Um, check us out on iTunes, Uh, leave us a review. Those reviews really help us um, get out to other people and, and have new people find the show. And um, we really appreciate you listening and, and join us on Reddit for usually we're uh, in an after show discussion talking about uh, this episode and after we post it and uh, talking about the book. And those are, those are usually pretty insightful.
0: Yeah. Wonderful time on Reddit and, and discussions and Facebooks and all the places you can get to us. <laughs> all the links available on our website, thoughtspeakcast.com. Right? Mm-hmm.
1: And, we, and we thank, and once, yeah, of course. And once more, we thank the Patreon uh, listeners and those people who've supported us. Uh, you can find that on slash thoughtspeak. Um, all of that helps grow the show and, and like I said, will lead to some interesting projects down the line.
0: Exactimundo We are super psyched to keep this uh, Animorphs train moving Especially in these books that we've never read before Although we are getting closer and closer To the ones we really like Like Vizzer and such So super important that you uh, continue to stick with us Help the show grow Help us continue putting out excellent content uh, We really appreciate it
1: Yep, and I've been your host Coleman
0: And I have been your host Mitchell